Hey y'all, happy Thanksgiving or happy whatever day you're listening to this in the year 2186 of our Lord. Um, I really hope that there's like a cool alien overlord at that point. And if there is, I hope I said your honorable name correctly and you think of me if I am cryogenically frozen and you are looking for people to bring back to life. Uh, I would like that opportunity. So to our alien overlord in the year of your name and whatever your name is on your name day, please resurrect me. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you all for tuning in for another episode. Uh, And it's the holiday season. It is the holiday season right now and it's beautiful. And I feel so relaxed and welcome and overwhelmed with just warmth right now and that's not talking from drinking eggnog or smoking delicious weed it's actually just from the time that i've gotten to spend with my family and friends throughout the beginning of the holiday season and i think in a way that i haven't had the opportunity to over this last year there's been a lot of things that have happened that have started ended occurred and that I've experienced and a lot of people close to me have experienced. And it's so refreshing to have just the bonds that have been built even stronger than I think that I could have even imagined, especially at this point in my life. I mean, I'm 33 now. It's cute. It's a cute age to say, but you know, I'm starting to think about things that are going to happen when I'm 40 now, as opposed to what happens when I turn 35 and thinking that's old. And I still don't think 40's old, but I'm thinking about life in a whole different way. And then maybe this holiday season's got me in my feelings, but in a good way. Uh, I hope you all have a great holiday. I hope you all enjoy yourselves and be safe and eat whatever it is that you eat for the holidays. Uh, You know, that is a wide range of things for people, so I'll just leave it there. But I hope it's all delicious and nutritious and maybe just bad for you, but in all the good ways. Uh, And I just want to say, you know what? I'm thankful for a lot of things that have occurred this year. I'm thankful for growth. I'm thankful for being able to look around the space that I'm in and say, hey, there's been a lot that's changed since I started here. I planted a seed and I built something. And now I'm excited to grow out of this space and try something even better. So I'm excited for the horizon. I mean, who would have thought I started one way of the year being in healthcare where I'm treating, preventing, and helping organize care for HIV and AIDS, going to working in the orthodontic field, something I would have never thought I would have ever done. Um, it's crazy. And it all happens still while we're going through a raging pan American orchestra. Like, it's it's crazy. I thought that this was like doom on all fronts when this whole thing started. And it's still not getting to where I feel safe to leave my house without a mask or... I just want to go do everything and be surrounded by people. 
but I never would have thought that I would have had such a massive career change and shift. And for it to all happen in such a beautiful, smooth transitioning way where I can look at it and be thankful, but then also understand that, fuck, this doesn't happen for a lot of people and it doesn't happen for a lot of people of color. And it's just, it, it sucks. It does, it really sucks when I think about it in that spectrum. So I want to keep this energy going and hopefully inspire people to do something if there is something they want to try. I mean, at this point, it kind of came down to what do I have to lose? And that's a position of uh, privilege for me to say that, to say what do I have to lose? Because I didn't really have much to lose. But there are people who have everything to lose. So I hope that through this holiday season, things continue to blossom and flourish and more opportunities arise for everybody. Um, Yeah. I think that kind of just sums up how I feel. And to lead into something else, I'm very thankful for this man, this dear friend that I have now made, uh, that you're going to hear again. It's going to be the Anything Show with Jean-Francois. I don't know why I said it that way. I don't really think it works, but I think it had a nice little ring to it. Uh, And we have another episode for you. It's going to be amazing. It's going to tickle your fancy, maybe jingle your balls, uh, maybe sprinkle your crediddles. I don't know if that's a holiday term, but I feel like a crediddle would be something that you do during the holiday. I feel like it would involve a cranberry and a mistletoe and and maybe a ladder. I'm not going to say maybe a ladder. I'm pretty sure it's going to entail a ladder. I mean, that's just kind of... That's just kind of required. But I hope it does all those things and more to you when you listen to it. And if you do listen to it and you like it, listen, subscribe, and follow and rate and review the Anything Show with Jean-Francois wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow him on Facebook at The Anything Show. And follow him on Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. Or on YouTube at The Anything Show with Jean-Francois. You can also get shot glasses, keychains that are available for $10 a glass and $5 for a keychain. Just send him a DM. Get in his DMs. All up in them. In the crevice of his DMs. Get in there. You may get a response you like. You never know. And you also could get chances to win $100. Uh, Why not check it out? It's a fantastic show, and I'm very thankful to have met John because this is a spectrum I've never thought I would be able to be in forever in the history of forever because I never thought life would go here. And I'm saying that because I met somebody fantastic doing something that I love. And on top of that, he got to speak to my gay icon. He got to speak to Chelsea Handler. And you're going to listen to him talk to Chelsea Handler Now, during this podcast, I don't know what you're going to do with that information. Maybe you want to go hug somebody. Maybe you want to high five a clown. Maybe you just want to get a cold glass of water, roll up a blunt, put on Mario Kart and listen to this and enjoy yourself. I know I will. So um, happy Thanksgiving and uh, go outside and hug a stranger Make sure to ask for permission. But if they agree, 
give that a hug. It's free with a mask on if you're needing one. Happy holidays. All right, I'm in the mood to give you $100 and an anything show with Jean Francois, Shot Glass, and Keychain Monday, November 29th. All you got to do is tell me what is on your favorite sandwich. I'm so boring and plain, I simply like peanut butter and jelly. So maybe you have something more exciting, or maybe you're as boring and lame as me and also like peanut butter and jelly. Either way, tell me what is on your favorite sandwich at facebook.com slash the anything show, Instagram and TikTok at anything show Francois. Monday, November 29th, your answer could be randomly chosen to win $100 and an anything show with Jean Francois, Shot Glass, and Keychain. Good luck. This week's episode was brought to you by Art Legends in History podcast. If you want to learn history like what was pop art, who was Andy Warhol, and why did that guy paint a can of soup, this is the show for you. You can find Art Legends in History wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Oh, let me tell you how frustrated I am with my mouth. My mouth feels so plain, boring, bland. I need some spice to liven it up. And thankfully, our good friends at Heart Soul Heat know what to do to really make my mouth going. They are the creators of Ghost Honey. Ghost Honey is 100% American-made hot honey. It's ghost pepper, infused raw honey, and it's going to be great on foods like pizza, fried chicken, rice, you name it. Ghost Honey is going to be right there for you. And for fans of the Anything Show with Jean-Francois, here's a special deal you got to take advantage of. 50% off your first order with the code anything at heartsoulheat.com use the promo anything at checkout you're going to get half off because really when it comes to your mouth we got to get spicy the Magic 97.7 Studios in Lindenville, Vermont. This is the Anything Show with John Francois. Stand by and remain cautious. Oh, get out of town. John Francois here with Andrew Vanderton from the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy podcast. Joining me once again from Rochester, New York. Hey, Andrew. Hola. Woohoo! All right, Thursday, November 18th, as we record this, we got Chelsea Handler coming up on the show later on, uh, a.k.a. Andrew's Gay Icon. Right, Andrew? <laughs> yes, I would drink her bathwater now. Uh, yeah, never mind. Wait, what? You something about bathwater? Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I would have drank her bathwater, but no, I wouldn't have been <laughs> No. You would have drank Chelsea Handler's bathwater no matter how smelly and stanky it was. You know, I'm reclaiming all of that. I am re- like, what is it when they call it back to court? No, we have to appeal that. <laughs> okay. It's already out there, Andrew. It's already out there that you want to drink Chelsea Handler's bath remains. So, you know, you can't, it's, it's just there. It's just there. Anyway, uh, Chelsea Handler, stand-up comedian, podcaster, author, extraordinaire. I will be interviewing her later on about uh, everything, really. Casper Kubica, the co-founder of one of our sponsors on the Anything Show, Carpe, this wonderful antiperspirant brand. Me and Andrew had a chance to speak to Casper, so we'll be hearing that later on on the Anything Show. For our celebrity gossip, Oh, Britney Spears is free, Andrew. We're going to get into that later on. Ask anything. We're going to ask you what is on your favorite sandwich for a chance to win $100 and an anything show with Jean-Francois, Shot Glass, and Keychain, Monday, November 29th. Headlines. Uh, Andrew, apparently we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner at 7-Eleven. So we'll get to that in just a second. Listen, subscribe. 
subscribe, follow, rate, review the Anything Show with John Francois wherever you get podcasts. Facebook.com slash the Anything Show. Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. We're also on YouTube. And if you want, you can order some shot glasses and keychains for what? $10 for the glass, $5 for the keychain. Send me a DM if you want more information on that. And Drew, let's do some headlines, shall we, man? Let's do it. Yes! Okay, yeah, like I said, 7-Eleven is selling a new Thanksgiving sandwich with bread that's supposed to taste like stuffing. It's called the Thanksgiving Turkey Sub, Andrew. It comes with deli-style butterball turkey, white cheddar cheese, cranberry mayonnaise, all on a sub-sandwich-style roll that has a, quote, stuffing-flavored base, end quote. I feel like this should be for Subway, not for 7-Eleven. This is weird that 7-Eleven, the home of sketchy hot dogs and Slurpees, is serving me Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, stick with the hot dogs, 7-Eleven. The hot dogs are delicious. Yeah. I don't know if they've changed over the years, but I love them. Seek help if you are getting Thanksgiving dinner from 7-Eleven. I swear to you, you are better off crashing a stranger's dinner, even if they call the cops on you. So much better to be in jail not having Thanksgiving dinner than having Thanksgiving dinner at some random 7-Eleven. I guarantee you that. What concerns me is they've condensed the flavor of stuffing. What process did that go through to give you that flavoring? I just want to know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? It's probably it has something to do with Chelsea Handler's bathwater. <laughs> I, I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling Chelsea Handler's bathwater has something to do with it. All right. Gold. Uh, did you say gold? I say they've got gold. They do. If that's what it is. They do. They do. Oh, 7-Eleven. They know what they're doing. All right. Hey, speaking of Thanksgiving, Andrew, 74% of people say they would be fine with an all-sides Thanksgiving dinner. That's Thanksgiving dinner, just sides, no turkey. Uh, now, what say you uh, with your family, Andrew? Because I know my family, we, don't, we really do not give a crap about turkey. Before I was vegan, I hated turkey. Now that I'm vegan, I hate tofurkey. So I'm all good with sides. Now, what about the tofurkey? Yeah, go ahead. Tofurkey is a tofu turkey, just for anybody who doesn't know. It's not good. (laughs) Now, from what I know, from what I've tasted of tofu, it really has like a dry, squishy, meaty, but fake meat taste, right? Is that kind of what it is? Kind of depends. There's different textures. Some are really soft and creamy, and then some taste like the meat. Just depends on which brand you're going for. But it tastes however you season it. Because by itself, it kind of tastes like you're eating paper. Yeah. Now, what did you hate about regular turkey, the taste of regular turkey? Uh, it's, you know, if you ever licked a penny and then you have the aftertaste, I always had the aftertaste in my mouth when I ate turkey, and I hate it. Yeah. I mean, every Thursday night at 9, I always uh, uh, lick pennies, Andrew. It's, it's just a part of my uh, routine. Of course, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it prevents arthritis. <laughs> yes, yes. Ask your doctor about it. it. It'll it'll really it'll really get you going. It'll prevent arthritis and it'll give you an erection for four hours. So there you go, licking pennies, oh, the way to go. Yeah, all right. I, I, know, I know. Now I got your attention, Andrew. Oh boy. Well, Abraham Lincoln's doing even bigger things than his death on a penny. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Abe Lincoln. Is that a is that a penny in your pants, or are you happy to see me? 
whatever the hell that means. All right, we were talking about turkeys. So uh, it's funny because me and my family, like, we'll we'll like dig into the sides at Thanksgiving dinner, like lasagna, mac and cheese, chicken wings. We'll get up all in it, and then by the time my mom or aunt brings the turkey to the table, and they're just like, "All right, who wants turkey?" The biggest awkward silence at the table because it's just a mixture of like, oh, God, we're full and eh, I don't really want that dry piece of crap. The giant black people would turn anything into a side. Fried chicken and lasagna. Those are not sides. Those are different. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I mean, pretty much everything uh, not a turkey is, is considered a side at the Thanksgiving table. So, you know, we, 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 we got we to gotta give it that. Um, you know. You know, Andrew, uh, obviously we're in the midst of the holiday season. 52% of people say the worst part of the holiday season is wrapping presents. Would you agree? You know what? I've never had this problem because I give gifts in paper or clear bags if I give a gift. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. And you know what? Uh, Especially a gift bag. Not only, I mean, you're spending a lot of money on it, yes, but, you know, you are saving yourself the energy of uh, wrapping a present uh, probably in a very crappy way, like I did with uh, one of my girlfriend's birthday presents back in October. If you want, for those of you listening, follow me on TikTok at Anything Show Francois, and I posted that horrible, horrible uh, wrapping present catastrophe. Andrew, I think you saw it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what? I gave up about a quarter of the way through. I mean, I knew that I was not that great at wrapping presents in the past, but this time around, I was just like, you know what? Eh, you know, I, I'm going to put some effort. I'm going to be the romantic boyfriend that my girlfriend expects of me. And then, of course, what happened was I was just struggling with the tape and, uh, you know, it, yeah, n- never again, never again. So uh, I would say the second worst part of the holiday season is uh, wrapping presents. The first part is just trying to figure out getting the money for the gifts that you have like no idea what they are, if that even makes any sense. Like you have no idea what the gifts are and you know you're going to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on these gifts for all the people that mean a lot to you. Ugh, the holidays. I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Andrew, um, you know, this is very easy for both of us. One in four adults say they belong on Santa's naughty list this year. But, you know, 80% of these people think that they deserve gifts anyway. Now, Andrew, I mean, I know this is like asking a pig if it's pink. Have you been naughty this year? Incredibly. So bad. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I like the fact because, you know, we all want to be on Santa's nice list. I thought that was the thing. But the fact that there are adults that are like, yeah, you know what? Put me on Santa's naughty list. I've been a naughty, naughty, naughty person. I just feel like there might be a lot of kinky freaks out there. Yes, I mean, why not get on Santa's naughty list? Maybe Santa will bring you some accoutrements for the bedroom. Maybe. maybe Santa will bring you some fried chicken and you could be naughty and cheat your diet. Whoa, okay, I see. You know, have some fried chicken, and of course you put some ghost honey from our good friends at Heart Soul Heat right on top of it. So uh, I see what you're doing, I see what you're doing. Even. Even even better, if you want to make it a little bit spicier in the bedroom, Andrew, you could, uh, you know, borrow Santa's whip that he would usually use to get the reindeer going in the sky and maybe use it on a certain bootay of your partner. You know, a little choke, a little slap, a little tickle. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little choke, a little slap, a little tickle. Oh, boy. I feel like that should be like on the back of like a Viagra thing or something like that, you know? If that even makes any sense. It does not. Anyway, the average person expects to gain 
eight pounds over the holidays this year, according to a recent survey, Andrew. I feel like we should add a zero at the end of that. I feel like eight pounds is way too modest for Americans in the holiday season, especially during a pandemic. Oh, yeah. Every holiday, I leave with a food baby. Every time. Eight pounds was just the appetizer. Hey, I call my food baby Juanita. What do you call your food baby? I've never given my food baby a name. Uh, what? You're not living. Come on. Mine's is always named Juanita. So you, you got you got you got to name one now for your food baby. Come on. I might get like a cute little Courtney or something. Ooh. You know, I'll have a Courtney. Okay, okay. Courtney the food baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, um, debit cards. Oh my God, Andrew. Remember when we were kids and we got allowance via cash? Now, nowadays, not only are kids getting cell phones at like the age of five, but now uh, kids are getting allowance via debit cards. And experts are saying it actually might be a smarter bet than giving a kid cash for allowance because a debit card is, is, is supposed to teach kids modern money management skills and help them learn to budget. It also creates a stronger connection between their chores and their money. Sure, good points. But I also feel like, you know, based on my experience with cards, eh, the kids might be victim to fraud. I can see the fraud coming. Definitely for myself, I think it's a good idea. But as I've been thinking about it, I'm thinking like, this would make me want to have a child. I'll take my child to the store. Oh, you want to buy this? Use your debit card. And then when it gets declined at the register, I'm like, see, this is what happens when you don't manage your money. <laughs> it's declined. And we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, that was so abrupt. Oh, oh yeah, Lord. I'm going to teach them the pain of life very quickly with money. You know, what would be funny is if you knew well in advance that the debit card was empty and you just wanted to be there just to, like, make your child sad and show them a lesson. <laughs> oh, I totally would. I would know the balance right at my phone, like, oh, so you want to get that for $50? Go ahead. Yeah. You try. Yeah. You'd be like, child, this fool just spent $500 on, I don't know, a big Lego set. They have 0, 0.0 negative $0 in their account. You know what? I'm going to take them to the store right now and encourage them to buy like a $1,000 bike. And then once they see that they're not able to, send them home. As soon as they turn around, dad, it said decline. Oh, decline means you're not getting it. It's time to go. <laughs> Andrew, you would be the meanest and best dad ever. I want you to be my dad. I just want you to adopt me right now. I think I think this is going to be a final, and you have no say on it whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, let's talk about scammers, telemarketers, those people who call you and you just don't want to have anything to do with them. 68% of Americans say they rarely or never answer if it's a phone number, they do not know. Now, Andrew, I think you have the thing on your smartphone where if it's like a, like a, like an unknown call, it'll come up like a spam risk. Yeah, you get that too? I get that too. Sometimes I will even answer it though because I think like, oh, maybe it's uh, someone offering me some loving that I've been needing so badly in my life. I, I don't know. I just I always like to open myself up to the possibilities of who that spam risk caller is, you know? You know, I'm the same way where sometimes I'm like, I'm like, this could be intriguing. I might pick up this phone call. But pretty much most of the time, I don't answer my phone for numbers I don't know. <laughs> and then I rarely look at my phone throughout the day. So I'm like, oh, so I'm, like I heard my ringtone for the first time earlier tonight. 
I didn't know that was my ringtone. <laughs> so this was something interesting. Yeah, and I told you that your ringtone it gave me PTSD because it happens to be the same sound as one of the 15 alarms that my girlfriend uses to have to wake up at like 6 in the morning every day for work. So thanks, Andrew. I feel like I was in Vietnam when I heard your freaking ringtone. <laughs> it's been this way since Nam. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Uh, I, you know what? I had no idea that there was a time in this country, Andrew, that you had to pay to use the bathroom. Here's a fun fact. In 1974, there were more than 500,000 pay toilets in the U.S. By 1980, they were almost completely gone. Now, Andrew, I mean, ha when you were like younger growing up, did you ever use a pay toilet? Yes. When I was younger, I went to D.C. one time and there were paid toilets there. It was the cleanest public restroom ever. Bring them back. For people like me, bring them back. Tell me exactly how this works. So you go in and do you pay somebody in person? Do you have to like put coins in a slot machine? How does it work? So the one I went to, you actually had to put coins in the slot machine at the door. And then the door unlocked. I think it was like $1.25 I had to put in. But the door unlocked and then it lets you inside and it locks behind you. And then once you come back out and the door closes again, it locks and you have to pay all over again. What? Go ahead, yeah. When I say it was nice in there, it was nice. Like there was a couch in the bathroom. Okay, which makes sense because you're paying to use the bathroom, so you, you want to pay for good service. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, I just find it like wildly absurd that there was a time where people actually had to pay money to take a dookie or pee-pee. Like what? Come on. That's yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> Thinking about it back then, it was probably crazy expensive in the 70s. So that's like, come on now. I don't know, man. Oh, Lord. Well, 80% of pet owners in a recent survey say they feel guilty if they lie to their pets. Now, as a pet owner myself, Andrew, I was kind of confused by this because I don't think pets know what a lie is. So where does this guilt come from? However, I think you said that you would feel guilty. I would. I would feel guilty lying to my dog if I was like, oh, we're going to go out for a walk and then we don't go for a walk. <clears throat> I would feel like I let him down. And I would still feel like I let my dog down even if I lied about something just stupid. Yeah. I would get a kick out I would get a kick out of lying to my pet. I would get a kick out of lying to my pet. I would get a kick out of being sarcastic to my pet, which I have done before. And of course, you know, my girlfriend Tony, who's a vet tech and she has like a million pets in our house, she'll be like, No, Jonathan, don't do that. And I'm like, Oh, it's 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 fun, you know? It's not it's not fun for them because they don't know what's going on, but you know, hey, I like to, you know, kind of dangle a pizza slice in their face and be like, hey, you want some? No, you can't have some. You know? <laughs> Why I own pets, I don't know. But uh, apparently I, I, I do. Uh, all right. This might be our last headline, Andrew. We have facial hair, for those of you that are listening. We both have beards. And apparently, if we make out with women or men, I mean, we could injure them very badly with something called beard burn. Are, are you familiar with the concept of beard burn, Andrew? Yes, I am. Now, have you actually made out with a guy and given him a little bit of beard burn? I have. I like bears, otters, cubs, oh. <laughs> daddy. These are all people in the gay community. I know it's not like I was naming things in the zoo, but <laughs> that's what they go by. Oh, and all four of those types of men always have heavy beards. So, and then you make out with them and then you get like a little beard burn or something. Yeah. But I have a beard, so it doesn't bother me too bad. Oh, Lord. Well, a woman on TikTok posted a video of her chin all scraped up after a makeout session with some stubbly dude. Then another woman had to post photos of a much more severe injury 
actual blisters on her chin. Some people think that he may have given her a staph infection, uh, meaning his stubble scratched her skin up and some staph bacteria on his face got into the wound. Now, the woman has not confirmed or denied it, but she did say it, it healed eventually. Now, I think fortunately for us, Andrew, it, it's not so much with like full beards like it's 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 when you like shave completely and your beard starts to grow back and you have like that five o'clock shadow slash stubble thing uh tony has complained a little bit that you know since i like shave uh i i'd say i shape up my beard i i, I keep a good portion of my face clean and then have a nice thin lined up beard while the shaved part whenever we make out or whatever she has said like oh my god jonathan it's a little bit prickly yeah so so i i feel like uh you know i i'm just a, a few uh make out sessions short of just uh making my girlfriend bleed to death <laughs> look you kiss and have the flasher flick two seconds later Mm. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? If there's anything to be learned uh, from this headline segment that we just gave to you on the Anything Show, uh, we got to clarify that Andrew, when he says he likes bears and otters and such, he's talking about human men, not animals. I thought I was going to have to, like, cancel the show because you were going to be like some bestiality monster. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, we don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You actually had me concerned. I was like, oh, my God. Andrew is, like, freaking having sex with bears in the zoo, and he didn't tell me until now? <laughs> <laughs> Look, any zoo that is letting people do that, I'm not going to that zoo, but I will ask them about their stories. Like, how did you not die? <laughs> oh lord jesus all right if you have a headline that you want to share with us facebook.com slash anything show instagram at anything show francois uh john here in lindenville vermont andrew vanderton from the lifestyle of a gay black boy podcast joining me from rochester new york uh coming up later on i'll be talking with stand-up comedian podcaster author chelsea handler and also me and andrew will be talking to the co-founder of the anti-presperate brand carpe casper kubitsa uh, that'll be a great conversation coming up in a bit on the Anything Show. But right now, Andrew, if I'm not mistaken, we got to remind people, you know, as they hear this episode on the 22nd of November, it'll be one week away from uh, us announcing the winner of our uh, our giveaway this month. So let's do it. Someone could win $100 and an Anything Show with Jean-Francois, Shot Glass, and Keek Shane. Are you ready for Ask Anything, Andrew? Yes, how about coins? Yes! Did you say you have your coins? What did you say? I said, let's ask about some coins. Oh, let's ask about some coins? I don't know what it means. The question is... <laughs> it just sounded good in my head. Oh. oh, no, 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 no. The question is not what's on your favorite coin. The question is what's on your favorite sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? You gave me a, a good idea for a question uh, next year, which is... Hey, what the hell do you like on your favorite coin? Do you like a stain on your favorite coin? Do you like a piece of lint on your favorite coin? So maybe we could do that next year if we want to be if we want to be really strange. Yeah, we we'll do that. Or like, what kind of coin do you like to taste? What kind of coin do you like to taste? Yeah, oh. those are dollars taste different than nickels. Uh, now, what do nickels taste like compared to dollars? Yeah. 
or quarters. What, what do nickels taste like compared to quarters, I wonder? I'm just killing time because I just realized that uh, I did not pull up the responses for Ask Anything. So uh, let's just keep on talking about what we'd like to lick off of coins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, 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 screw it. Facebook uh, is not going to work for me. Uh, you get the point. We've had so many responses on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you know, whether you like coins on your favorite sandwich, whether you like lint or pencils, just anything that is usually non-edible, I don't care. Me and Andrew want to hear about it on Facebook.com slash show, Instagram at AnythingShowFrancois. YouTube under the Anything Show with Jean-Francois. November 29th, you could win that shot glass and keychain and $100, courtesy of the Anything Show with Jean-Francois. Uh, I don't know. What, what what else can people lick? I mean, I guess if you, like, accidentally drop barbecue sauce on your coins, like, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. I've eaten peanut butter off of a coin before. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of like how people uh, lick peanut butter off apples. Like coins can be the new apple. Yeah. You get your metal intake on top of mineral and peanut butter, and it's vegan. Yeah, what? sure. Yeah, you get, yeah, you do get you get your minerals from the coins, and you get your peanut butter. You got your protein, so you're all good to go. Oh God, we wasted so much time. Do you want to take a commercial break, Andrew? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd let the theme song run out because why not? We only had like two seconds left in the theme song. Okay, when we come back, we're going to try to uh, bring this mess back together, talk about Britney Spears being free. Uh, Let's take a moment to acknowledge our sponsors right here on The Anything Show. Um, And uh, yeah, as always, Andrew, if you have to go pee, do it in the bathroom. Do it right here in the Zoom room. I don't care. Just don't do it during the show. I got you. I'll hold it up. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I wish you I wish you had Pete in the Zoom room. That would have been that would have been just a, a sight to see. Digital urine, if that becomes a thing, <laughs> I just I am excited. <laughs> that would be a great name for a band. Digital urine. <laughs> Peering at the San Francisco Lodge, October twenty fifth. I want them to be a hardcore screamo rock band. Oh God! You know what? You and I, if we don't find a band named Digital Urine, we're gonna we're gonna start that uh, band ourselves. Okay, I'm right. here for it. All right, while, while we uh, consider digitally urinating everywhere on the screen, uh, we'll be right back, uh, everybody. Hey. The Anything Show with Jean-Francois is brought to you by a sensual romantic drama for the ages, The Mermaid and the Lion. Find it wherever you get podcasts. Gaza, I think I'm ready. Ready for what? Dinner? Me too. No, I am kind of hungry, but not for food. I'm ready for us to go to the next level physically. What about the whole marriage thing? I didn't say anything about marriage. Then hell no. I'm not going there with you, Kimora. I'm not going to be that guy. Okay, well, obviously we love to laugh, but have we ever really thought about the people who make us laugh for a living? The science behind what they do. Let me introduce you to Behind the Bits with Scott Curtis, where you get to learn everything there is about the stand-up comedy profession. He's had greats like Corey Ryan Foster, Tom Dreesen, who I especially enjoyed because of his connection to the 70s comedy store boom in Los Angeles with Letterman, Leno, etc. Scott Curtis is the guy you want to go to for all the stand-up comedy interviews because he has won the Discover Pods Annual Award for Best Interview Style Podcast. Follow Behind the Bits on Twitch to watch his interviews live and unedited twitch.tv slash Behind the Bits. And of course, you can find Behind the Bits wherever you get your podcasts. 
So if you listen to the Anything Show with Jean-Francois, wherever you get podcasts, you might notice my adorable dog, Buddy. A Jack Russell Terrier mix that I got a little over three years ago in Iowa on the way to me moving to Vermont. Buddy has been a lovable, silly, loyal, mellow, smart, and overly anxious companion ever since. And little did we know that we would eventually be joined by my girlfriend, her best friend, and not only their five cats, but their five additional dogs. So you should not even ask me if I'm a dog person. No, duh, yeah, I am. And you know what? I've been looking for the perfect podcast for dog people like myself and certainly my girlfriend and her best friend, Jack Russell Parents. That's where it's at. Jack Russell Parents with married hosts Becca and Gabe. They explore all the heartfelt, humbling, and hilarious stories that all dog parents can relate to. They interview dog-centric artists and authors as well as certified trainers with excellent advice to help you improve your dog parents. On Thursdays, you got to tune in to their fast-paced Zoomisodes. This is where they highlight the latest in dog-loving entertainment and viral news stories. So, find Jack Russell Parents Podcast at jackrussellparents.com. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can follow them at JRT Podcast. Or you can search for them, Jack Russell Parents, on your favorite podcast platform. Oh, boy. Boy, 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 boy. Yeah, before we get into... Uh, Casper Kubica from uh, the Carpe Anti-Presprint brand. Let's get into some celebrity gossip right here on The Anything Show. Andrew, we start off with big news for Britney Spears fans like you and I. Britney Spears is finally free! Yay! I know! Britney Spears' conservatorship was officially terminated on Friday. Britney posted a video of her fans celebrating and said, quote, I think I'm going to cry the rest of the day. Best day ever. Uh, Now, let me uh, actually play the video back for you, Andrew, because really... Uh, it's almost the equivalent of like uh, when Joe Biden won the presidency. Like I, I think, uh, what, what was it? Uh, November 2020. I mean, it was a long time ago when Joe Biden was became it president. It was oh a long. T- it was well, yeah. yeah it, it was. A, it was a. It seemed like ages ago at this point. You know, based on how we've been doing with this pandemic. But uh, yeah, that's what. It, that's what the reaction to Britney Spears conservatorship ending. Uh, reminded me of was uh, just the response of Biden winning because, of course, there was so much uh, divisiveness during the Trump administration. And then, you know, you had a huge swath of people in this country that were just like, oh, my God, yay! They were like on the streets and ah! like that's the kind of the feeling that you get when you hear the reaction to Britney being freed. Take a listen. So uh, what are your thoughts on Britney being freed, Andrew? I'm very happy that Britney's free. She is free to do her thing in all of her Facebook posts. I just want everybody who was there to actually go out and do something that matters for the environment and the rest of the world, like stopping global warming. But again, very happy Britney's free. (laughs) And, uh, of course, we've heard uh, that Britney and her mother, they're not on good terms. So Brittany's mother, Lynn, reportedly flew from Louisiana to L.A. to see her daughter, and Brittany refused to let her in the house. Brittany actually blames her mother for coming up with the idea of the conservatorship. Uh, so she's very furious, a source says, with her mom. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how that develops as time goes by. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's understandable. I really hope that she's now in a safe, healthy place because 
it that conservatorship thing just sounded insane. Like she was just working to feed her family, which she's not responsible for. Right, right. Uh, I think there was a point in her life where uh, she wasn't in the best state of mind. And there were some forces uh, beyond her control that said, you know what, let's control all our assets. Brittany is not in a good condition. And I guess those people are her parents. And uh, I think as time went by, Brittany got better and better, but she was still, you know, kind of strict and beholden to this conservatorship where she wasn't allowed to make her own decisions, maybe not even allowed to spend her own money the way she wanted to. And now that uh, everything is just all loose and free and she could do whatever she wants, uh, that is just uh, great. I mean, after 13 or 14 years, that's got to feel really good. It has to. It really has to. I mean, I, I can't wait to see how she flourishes. I am obsessed with Brittany, so I can't wait to see more. Now, are you obsessed with Taylor Swift as well? No. <laughs> oh, no. Well, okay, then you probably didn't care for the 10-minute version of her song All Too Well that she performed on Saturday Night Live uh, the other weekend. You know what, Andrew? I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan, but I did watch that performance in awe and say to myself, you know what? Wow, she really knows how to tell a story. Because I don't know if you know, Andrew, this song not only is it 10 minutes long on uh, the Taylor version of her re-released Red Album, uh, but uh, it, it also has like a short film that comes with it. And she like showed the short film while she was performing the song on Saturday Night Live. Now, Andrew, I'm going to judge you. Why the hell do you not like Taylor Swift? So her music just doesn't sound good. Okay. Um, <laughs> to me, I, okay. So let me be fair. To be fair, she is musical. And I know she has some bops that are out there that people love. I have not personally heard a song where I'm like, oh, okay, what's this? Most of the time, if not all, since I'm mostly times in control of the music, as soon as I hear something, I'm like, oh, this does not sound that good. Shake it off. Shake it off. Uh, uh, uh. You weren't feeling that? Oh, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a terrible song. And oh. I worked in a gay club as a bartender at the time when that song was out. So I would hear it every night and oh i hated it oh my goodness gracious well uh you know obviously we are knowing taylor swift as the one who could really write a breakup song like nobody's business and you know one of her exes is john mayer and the swifties Taylor Swift's fans, they're really passionate. They will really go after the exes like nobody's business. So a Taylor Swift fan actually messaged John Mayer and said she hopes he chokes on something. Oh, really classy. Mayer actually confronted her and asked if she really wanted him to die. She immediately apologized and said she didn't think he'd see the message. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds like a usual Internet troll. Someone who says, oh, you're crap. You should die, John Mayer. And then when John Mayer actually reads them and confronts them on it, it's just like, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I didn't know you were to see me. It, 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 it's, it's, the, it's the epitome of an Internet troll. Someone who is just cowardly and will say anything, but they will not actually stand up to their own words. Right. That little girl had to go back to class. She left class to go to the bathroom and tweet that or post or wherever. It's like, little girl, go back to school. Yeah. You don't even have to get. Yeah, she'll probably end up living in her grandmother's basement when she's like 35. Ooh. Fun time. <laughs> oh, oh, really? You say that like, like it's a turn on to live in your grandmother's basement when you're 30s. Well, for a guy, it's a major red flag, so you got to take him on a date. Uh 
Okay. Andrew, the king of the red flags. I totally forgot about that. Uh, Dionne Warwick, uh, who, my God, she's getting this resurgence. Like, Dionne Warwick has a Twitter account where she's being active at, about the randomest, like, trendy pop culture stuff. And Dionne Warwick chimed in on Jake Gyllenhaal, who I guess is a, one of Taylor Swift's exes. And it's heavily rumored that the song All Too Well is about Jake Gyllenhaal. And the fact that he did not return Taylor Swift's scarf, like that was a part of the song. And Dionne Warwick uh, made a call on social media asking Jake Gyllenhaal, please return Taylor Swift's scarf. I will offer to pay the postage. <laughs> so everybody's going in on this. I love that. Dionne Warwick is amazing. So do everything that they say, all of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you like yourself some cheesy, smooth jazz every now and then, Andrew? Or are you going to pass on that as well? Jazz, little purr, 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 with the horn, <laughs> you know. That's your invitation of smooth jazz. Yeah, that's a little trumpet, and you're like, oh, I'm so sexual with music. Well, let me tell you, the uh, I think the mascot sound of smooth jazz is the soprano saxophone, as performed by Kenny G. I mean, Kenny G is probably, I think he is synonymous with smooth jazz. For those of you who don't know, and Kenny G uh, actually revealed that. Now, 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 do you know what Kenny G looks like? Because he's a white guy, long curly hair, uh, and it looks great. Apparently, he only washes it once every three weeks because it just never gets dirty. All he uses is Pantene shampoo and conditioner along with some mop curl defining cream. Uh, Andrew, I think you were like vomiting at the idea of what? Of him not washing his hair for three weeks? That's disgusting. Like, I first I want to know what his definition of clean is because you're not clean if you're not bathing the areas of your body. Right, right. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I think this is a very white person thing. I mean, for me, it kind of reminds me of like the white guys with dreads. I have a feeling that the white guys with dreads are the same thing. They're just like, you know what? I'm just going to let the, the hair just kind of like, you know, get all fuzzy and rat poisony and whatever. Just let it go into its natural phases and oils and scents. And then, of course, before you know it, they got a, they got an infection on their head. My idol, Adele, well, one of my idols, Adele, made it very clear that there are certain hairstyles that are just not for certain types of hair. Like, she did that Banshee knot thing when she was in Jamaica, and her hair broke off. When you get dreads as somebody who is a white person, you have to put all that stuff in your hair that's not natural or just let it be dirty, and that's going to smell bad. Oh, my God. It's not good. Well, you know what? Uh, Kenny G, if I had to imagine, because you know what? I think a lot of people think of the shower as like a smooth, calming, almost sensual experience. And with Kenny G being uh, the leader of the calm, smooth, and sensual smooth jazz movement, I don't know. I feel like he he, he would actually wash his hair to his own music. Let me see if I could... Uh... Yeah, like that? <laughs> I mean... This is the shower commercial right now. Yeah. Like, doesn't this make you want to just like... Wave your hair, very slow motiony, like some white guy with, you know, nice curly '90s hair from high school who got all the chicks. <laughs> this would be good, but now I feel like if I were to actually have an interaction with Kenny G, I'm gonna smell like wet dog or an oil slick afterwards. Oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> what what an image, Andrew! What an image! 
Uh, and you know what? I'm going to try to distract myself from that nasty image with it. Oh, never mind. And Kenny G just ended. What the hell? That was a short clip. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, it's like, oh, my God, you put your penis in me and then you just abruptly left to go to McDonald's? Like, what the hell? Like, I was having a good time with Kenny G. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of a great sexual fantasy like that, Andrew, The Rock... Our lovely boo, Dwayne Johnson. Apparently, he pees in water bottles when he's working out. What? I mean, first of all, I feel like, yeah, that's a very man thing to do. But also, what? I, I'm concerned and also intrigued all at the same time. Now, the same way you said you would, like, you know, drink Chelsea Handler's bath water. You would not drink Dwayne Johnson's pee, would you? <laughs> no, Andrew, no. You're not going to you know, you're not gonna say yes. Well, I mean, that's called a golden shower, so... Oh, God. I'm like, I, I wouldn't be opposed if it was, like, fresh from the tap. Oh. But if it's in a bottle, no, thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. And we move on to Joe Rogan, because you just lost me at drinking pee. I mean, when it, once we go there, I don't care who it is. It's just... come. It's drinking pee, Andrew. Oh, God. Joe Rogan, uh, he says he's so, you know, speaking of all things penis, Joe Rogan actually says he's so flexible that he could pleasure himself orally. He hasn't. But, you know, if there's anything we know about Joe Rogan, I mean, he likes to talk the talk. Uh, I mean, I, I know Joe Rogan is like the biggest podcaster out there right now. So I almost wonder, Andrew, should we like try to pleasure ourselves orally for listeners just to get a bigger listening audience? Um, I think that's the Invermectin talking. <laughs> okay. <But laughs> I don't think we should do that to ourselves for listeners. Um, but if we plan to open an OnlyFans, then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do it. Hey, you know what? Uh, I bet you, you could open up an OnlyFans for people who want to see you drink Dwayne Johnson's pee. I feel, I feel like there are some screwed up people that would enjoy that. <laughs> are you me, I am going to charge $75 a subscriber. <laughs> way too low, Andrew. Way too low. I mean, it's Dwayne Johnson's P for crying out loud. $500 a subscriber. I just want enough to pay off my bill. That's uh, it. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, Elon Musk, of course, the super rich guy who I guess founded Tesla. Uh, I mean, this is some depressing news. Someone made a calculator that shows you how long it takes Elon Musk to earn a certain amount of money. So, for instance, the average salary in the U.S. is about $51,000. It takes Elon only two minutes and 15 seconds to make that kind of money, Andrew. I don't know. I mean, do you even want to, like, bother going into that calculator and finding out <laughs> what your salary is compared to Elon Musk? I can see myself now. In the morning, I pick up my phone, open that app. See the two minutes. I was like, girl, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. I'm not going. Yeah. I mean, you know, why even live after you see how much Elon Musk makes in two minutes and 15 seconds? You know, in the what? moment that I brush my teeth, he's made a million dollars. Exactly. It's insane. Kristen Stewart. Oh, my God. She's developing a ghost hunting reality series, but she's making it gay, Andrew. She's making it gay. Uh, she says it'll be, quote, a paranormal romp in a queer space. I, I mean, what do you think about this, Andrew, as part of the LGBT community? I know you also like ghosts and, and, and uh, you know, that kind of thing as well. So is this right up your alley? So this to me sounds like she's just going to any gay bar on Halloween or a leather night. Like, I feel like if we get, like, a cute dance mix or something, I'll watch it. Yeah. I am interested to see that maybe it'll be, like, a drag queen from 1942. And I'll be in heaven. Okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. Um, Steve from Blue's Clues. 
Oh, well, he's been coming back to relevance lately. Uh, I think a little while ago, he released like this emotional video where it was like in honor of Blue, uh, of Blue's Clues 25th anniversary. And he was basically like, oh, hey, how you doing? I know it's been a while. I know, you know, we've had uh, things happen in your life lately, you know, college and marriage and blah, blah, blah. And it, and it made I think you said it made you cry as well watching that video. And like a baby, I was in tears crying. Yeah, so childhood us, Andrew, is just, I mean, we just cannot believe the fact that Steve, our very own Steve from Blue's Clues, is on TikTok. And this is him <laughs> creating his first TikTok. I don't know how to use TikTok at all. I kind of don't even know what it is. If you could tell me just like in the comments or something, thank you. Yeah, his first TikTok is, I don't know how to use TikTok. And of course, it had like 1.9 million loves, you know. Uh, are you following Steve on TikTok? I am one of those loves is me, and I watched that video about 40 times. Yeah. You know, we have this uh, trending singer named Jax Andrew, uh, who we play on the radio station I work for here in Vermont. And she's gone viral because she found out a clever way to call out her now ex-boyfriend who cheated on her. He came up with some lame excuse via text, and she decided to uh, recite that text to the sound of a violin in the background played by her friend, also a well-known musician, Lindsey Sterling. Would you like to hear this, Andrew? Because I think this was just very nice. Yeah, yeah. I know you're probably never going to forgive me for what happened, but I wanted a chance to explain. I know it wasn't right that I technically hooked up with your roommate, but I've been going through a lot, and that's not who I am. I've been failing most of my classes, you know I just got fired. Yeah, you got to tell you got to ask me about the Netflix password. <laughs> Your thoughts, Andrew? <clears throat> so I talk about this guy a lot on these types of my podcasts, and he falls into a period of a boy with a four-letter curse word in front of it, and he's that type of person from that letter that I just heard. I'm happy she did this. Okay, okay, there you go. Well, uh, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater, as they say. Speaking of cheating, uh, are you a big fan of the show The Office? I love The Office. So, as we know, uh, I, I watch The Office as well. We obviously know the big Jim and Pam romance in The Office. Now, uh, fun fact, based on this great oral history of The Office that's coming out via a book, uh, it's revealed that in season eight, there was a, a story idea to have Jim cheat on Pam, but... John Krasinski, the actor who plays Jim, was just like, nope, nope, cannot do that to the fan base. That would be too much. Once that happens, the fans will go away and never come back. And I mean, I, personally, because season eight of The Office was when it was jumping the shark because it was like after Steve Carell left and, and when I gave up on the show, I actually would have welcomed this bold new direction uh, because, you know, it's showing that the writers are willing to take a risk, willing to change things up. Because, you know, when you're eight years into a show, eh, things could get stale pretty quickly. What do you think, Andrew? Very true. I did not ever watch season eight 
because I gave up on the show after I was like, oh, Steve Carell's gone. It's not really going to happen. Yeah. But I'm happy that they didn't because it would have made the office chemistry so awkward, at least in my own head thinking of it. Yeah. I like the space that they are both in. And then John Krasinski is just, he's just amazing. Oh, of course. Like, He's a golden bunny rabbit. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? A golden bunny rabbit? Can you explain that? <laughs> like he's just huggable. Like you know, he's just you know he feeds like homeless children. Like he gathers food and he feeds them. You know he does. Okay, well, John Krasinski, if you're listening, that is a high bar that Andrew has put upon you. Please live up to that. Uh, Harry Potter. Oh my God. Uh, can you believe it's been 20 years? Since the first Harry Potter movie on January 1st, 2022, HBO Max is going to be releasing a Harry Potter reunion special. Now, I, I think you said you watched all of the Harry Potter movies, Andrew? I watched all of them. I actually saw the first one because I snuck out of a class field trip at a movie theater to go see it. And it was terrible. The movie was bad. So bad. Doesn't get good until about the third movie when they up it to PG-13 and they can actually do fun things. Really? When they grow mm -hmm. up, when Harry, Ron, and uh, Hermione grow up and they get all mature and stuff. Yeah. In the beginning, it's like, this is very bad. And then once you get to that, you're like, okay, this is kind of good. Yeah. So I was in like fifth grade when the first movie came out. And at the time, I was in a Christian private school that my parents put me into. And if you are familiar with Christianity, they kind of have a thing against witchcraft. So uh, my my family and uh, pretty much like all the authority at the school, uh, they were like, no to Harry Potter, no to Pokemon, which is what they called Pokemon. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously when someone tells you to not do something or to not watch something, all you want to do as a kid is watch watch it and do it. So uh, Harry Potter, I was just like, oh, I got to see it. I got to see it because it's like the thing. It's it's what everybody wants to see when it first came out. And then I finally saw the movie in theaters. I think it was like like me and my sister uh, went with my dad to sort of like a take your children to work day. And there was like a break in the day where we got to like be in a theater and watch a movie. And it was the first Harry Potter movie. And I sat through it and I don't remember coming out of it thinking like, oh, my God, that was the best movie ever. Like, I didn't really care for it. I was just like, oh, wow. Like, all that hype for nothing? Like, and I tried to, I, I tried, Andrew, I tried, because I did theater for a while in high school and college, and every theater geek I knew was a big Harry Potter fan, so I was like, all right, let me give Harry Potter another shot, let me, like, watch these movies and see what the, the, the craze is, and I think I gave up about three and a half movies in. In other words, I stopped, like, halfway through The Goblet of Fire, which is the, the fourth movie, um, and I just kind of never looked back. It was just like, all right, I'm not into Harry Potter, and I'm just going to be okay with that, you know? You're not missing anything. It came out at the same time as Lord of the Rings, and I was like, Lord of the Rings is three million times better than this. But if I had to take a bullet in the head or watch Harry Potter... I would watch Harry Potter. There you go. There you go. Hey, Jeff Bezos, of course, the founder of Amazon, who is like a bajillionaire at this point. He attended a fundraising gala for the organization Baby to Baby on Saturday night. Uh, or w w whatever that Saturday was because we're recording this on a certain day. Uh, the audience did not think he was being charitable enough, Andrew. They actually groaned audibly when they saw that Jeff was only donating $500,000 to their cause. Um, look, I mean, my thought of it is, is that, look, the guy is, yes, he's rich. Yes, he has all the money in the world. At the end of the day, whether you're rich, whether you're not so rich, what you do with your money is is your thing. You can you can do what your money what you will. And if people want to judge, then that's their problem. What do you think? 
I'm assuming everybody in the party was rich because it's crazy to me that rich people would shame another person who has money but is the richest one in the room for not spending more of the money that they made. Right. I mean, like you, I agree. It's like, it's his money and it's charity. So whatever is given, I think everybody should be in a positive mood, honestly. Exactly, exactly. It's like, oh, thank you for giving something. Thank you for giving what you could from your heart. Because there could be many reasons that Jeff cannot give more money. Many reasons that we don't know. Uh, yeah, I just never, I mean, look, I, I know as an average person who's not rich, it seems weird that I'm like defending the rich. But I, I always hate this uh, sort of stigma where, uh, you know, the average working Joe looks at the rich person and it's like, oh, you got all the money in the world. Just give just give all the money in the world away to charity and you'll still have all, all the money in the world left. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. <laughs> it isn't. I hate people that do it because I'm like, it's not their fault to solve all the problems of the world just because they earn the money. Because I doubt that you would if you got that money. It's like when you go to the grocery store and they're like, do you want to donate? And I'm like, No. And then you get the look from the cash for the cashier. They're like, oh, okay. It's like, it's not anything against the charity. How do you know I don't do other things outside of this? And right. how do you know that I don't just take pride in the fact that this is my money and how I want to spend it? Exactly. Exactly. I could not agree more. All right. Will Smith, uh, he said that he actually wanted to date his Fresh Prince co-star, Karen Parsons, who played Hillary on the show. Did, did you watch Fresh Prince back in the day? Love it. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, like, I'm kind of not surprised because uh, uh, if if not for Karen, I mean, it would have been creepy if he went after Aunt Viv. Uh, and of course, oh, God, super pedophilia if he went after uh, the younger uh, sibling, uh, whatever Ashley. her name. Ashley. Yeah, right? Ashley is her uh -huh. name? Yeah. So, of course, Karen was like the, the closest to his age. Um, and Karen actually turned him down. Uh, she said, hell no, not a good idea. And Will, in his uh, memoir that just, I guess, came out, uh, said that Karen was very smart to uh, turn him down like that. And, uh, and, you know, speaking of which, Andrew, uh, we have uh, a wonderful guest, I think, coming up next week on The Anything Show, Layla Crawford from the latest Will Smith movie, King Richard. Oh, so let's, hey. let's see if she can tell us some interesting Will Smith stories that we don't know about. Uh, you know, never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Ooh. All right. Dan and Shay. Um, are, you, are you familiar with Dan and Shay, the country duo? No, I'm not. All right. Well, hmm. Are you familiar with Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello? Um, <laughs> wait, you know, well, Camila Cabello, she made a song I really like. Oh. Yeah. Did you know that she was but, with Sean Mendez? No, I don't know who Sean, wait, is Sean Mendez that kid who sings the song Watermelon Sugar? No, that's Harry Styles. <laughs> you know what? I don't know him, but. I do know Camille Cabello, and I think she's pretty amazing, so I hope this guy's a good guy. Okay. Well, uh, Sean and Camila broke up. So, <laughs> so uh, let's just say Sean and Camila broke up, and Dan and Shay uh, is a duo that you don't know, and they invited a kid up in the audience to uh, play a guitar and sing one of their songs. So that's our celebrity gossip. Oh, oh, do, you actually, do, do you actually want to hear the video of the kid? I love to hear that. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a kid, uh, he held up a sign that said like, oh, hey, uh, I know uh, I should probably go to bed, which is the name of a Dan and Shay song, but I've been waiting like 14,000 hours of my life to see you guys live in concert. Dan and Shay thought it was adorable. So the kid turns to the sign, and on the back of the sign it says, um, 
uh, oh, can I, like, I, I would love to, you know, come up and sing with you guys with my guitar. I can play guitar and sing. Can I come up with you guys? And Dan and Shay actually brought the little kid up and uh, they invited him to, you know, play his guitar and sing along to their uh, song. And the crowd joined him. And I th think Dan and Shay just kind of stood back and watched. So uh, here is the, the video. <laughs> So you cannot hear, you cannot hear the, um, the the singing of the kid so much, but you could hear his guitar, which sounds like a very professional adult playing guitar. But it's actually this kid that probably looks like he's like seven or eight years old. So he's gonna go places, Andrew. Look, Dan and Shay have now made a fan of me because that song sounded really good. I just got emotional, like chills, thinking of this kid in front of all these people playing. I love this. Yeah, yeah. What a what a great introduction to his professional musician career. I know. All right, if you have a piece of celebrity gossip, let us know on Facebook.com slash The Anything Show, Instagram at Anything Show Francois, also TikTok at Anything Show Francois. All right, John and Andrew here. John here from Lindenville, Vermont. Andrew is joining me from Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy podcast in Rochester, New York. Uh, coming up right about now. We speak with Casper uh, Kubica about Carpe, the wonderful brand of antiperspirant products. I mean, you got your antiperspirant face lotion, body lotion, underarm wipes, everything. And uh, <laughs> Andrew's rubbing his armpits on Zoom as we speak. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, Andrew, I hope you're going to get your package soon from Carpe. I really hope I get it soon. I want to try it out so I can talk about it and tell you guys what it does. Yeah, yeah. I tried some of the hand lotion in the interview that you're about to hear, and it's just a fabulous product. So we're going to hear that. And, of course, after that, I'll be speaking to stand-up comedian, uh, actress, uh, podcaster, author, and Andrew's gay icon, Chelsea Handler. So great pair of interviews coming up right here on The Anything Show. Are you excited, Andrew? Very excited. Yes, let's get to it. I'm joined on Zoom by uh, my usual co-host, Andrew, and Casper Kubica, uh, the co-founder of Carpe, one of our lovely founders right here on The Anything Show. Casper, uh, it is a great pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, like I said, uh, before we kind of officially started here, great timing because I got my big collection of Carpe antiperspirant products in the mail today. So thank you for that. Thank you, John, and thank you, Andrew, guys. Uh, it's it's awesome to be on, and I'm excited to chat. Yeah, I mean, I got my uh, Carpe exfoliating wash, my Carpe underarm lotion, um, my uh, Carpe hand lotion. I mean, th this is practically a Christmas gift that you gave me here, a foot <laughs> lotion. Uh, so, I mean, really, I I'm never going to be sweaty ever again. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> That, that kind of gets us into uh, the beginning of uh, Carpe. Let's talk about it. I mean, what were you noticing in 
other antiperspirants, if that's the way you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what, what were you noticing in other antiperspirants that made you say, okay, we need to go in and make Carpe? Because right. I, I believe your, your other co-founder is Chris, right? Uh, other co-founder is David. And Chris is oh, one David. of the folks on our team. Now, we're, we're very lucky to have, uh, you know, as the company's grown, uh, a number of excellent, excellent people on the team uh, growing Carpe. But, but it really did start with just David and me. Honestly, it's, it was seven years ago now that David and I were living together in college in New Orleans for the summer, doing some internships in New Orleans. And that's a pretty hot and muggy city, uh, which I guess is foreshadowing for the future of Carpe. But at the time, what David approached me with was basically that he noticed I had sweaty hands and he'd had sweaty hands for a very long time. And he'd been tossing around an idea for a few years of why isn't there an underarm antiperspirant, but for hands, like, why don't we have something simple to stop sweaty hands? If you're nervous, you know, you're shaking hands, you're holding hands with somebody, uh, you want to be able to stop the sweat. And why wasn't there something like that? And really the, the truth is that I was a bit skeptical about the idea. Cause I said, well, first of all, there's gotta be something like that out there. And if there's not, it's probably cause a lot of people don't want it. Like I would use it, but I imagine, you know, you and I are probably kind of kind of weird in that regard that we have that sweaty of hands. But we looked around and sure enough, there were some hand antiperspirants and we ordered them and they were just very bad. They, they didn't work, they made your hands greasy. And so long story short, we spent about a year and 60 prototypes in our dorm room, just learning formulation chemistry. We were both majoring in science fields. David was studying chemistry, I was studying physics. So it wasn't a long stretch, but we had a lot to learn and a lot of things to try. And it took us 60 prototypes to get to a formula that, you know, was safe, effective, had great ingredients and stopped the sweat on our hands without leaving residue, without making them feel weird. And that was super successful for us because we said, okay, we finally have a way to stop the sweat. But we started selling it on Amazon a year later in the summer of 2015. And it started doing really well from day one. I mean, a lot of people were looking for a solution to sweaty hands. And when they tried Carpe, they loved it. And I think for us, it was really always a side project at the time. Still, we wanted to make something cool. It's always fun to, to build something. You guys are, you know, have been building a podcast. So I'm sure you know what that's like. Uh, putting something out into the world is, is an excellent feeling. But we didn't realize this could be big until we got a voicemail from a grandmother who was crying in the voicemail and just wanted to thank us uh, for making something that helped her granddaughter so much that made her granddaughter feel normal in school because she could shake hands and hold hands and, you know, wasn't sweating through her papers. And at that moment, we realized, okay, there's a, there's a big opportunity here to make something that helps a lot of people. So we went out there and looked at what our customers were saying. And they were saying, this is great, but we don't just sweat on the hands. We sweat on the feet, on our face, you know, uh, thighs, groin, breasts everywhere. And we like products that help deal with the sweat in these neglected areas. So over the coming years, we just developed these formulas one by one. And what's actually become the biggest car part of Carpe in recent years, interestingly, uh, has been what David and I didn't expect, which was an underarm antiperspirant. But basically, dermatologists had been recommending our hand antiperspirant to patients to use under the arms. And we said, OK, why, why are you doing that? There's a lot of underarm antiperspirants. And they said, well, it just works really, really well. Um, and so we did some tests. We did some formal efficacy trials. And it turns out it does work extremely well because it's really hand. It's really hard to stop sweaty hands. So if we made a formula that worked well to stop sweaty hands, it worked extremely well to stop sweaty underarms. So we tweaked it a bit to make it more comfortable on the armpits. Um, but we launched that a few years ago and we've been iterating, improving the formula since we just started launching Sense. We launched Cypress and just vanilla, uh, I think last week. So really right now, it's not just about sweat all over the body. It's about making formulas that actually keep you dry, right? There's so many good brands out there. You know, there's Old Spice, Dove, Degree, 
um, Secret, all these brands that make really good deodorants and antiperspirants, but they're primarily focused on scent. And when it comes to just staying dry, and if you don't want to settle for having a shirt that's like, you know, kind of dried, you know, at the end of a long day, that's what we make products for is, is really stopping the sweat, really keeping you dry and keeping you confident. And that's the story of Carpe. And that's where we are today. You know what? I, um, you, you mentioned uh, the other products like Dove and whatnot, uh, focusing on scent. And you're reminding me of my daily routine, which is I use a Dove spray deodorant. And I, I mean, for me, I, I always focus like when I put that on is, oh, I got to smell good. I got to smell good. Yeah. And then day goes by, even though it's advertised as like, oh, you know, it'll last for 24, 48 hours. For some reason, I, I, I kind of like meshed um, uh, smelling good with like the sweat not really being there. But uh, I mean, as we speak right now, I can feel like a little bit of uh, eh, sweat uh, you know, under my armpits. And I'm just wondering like, huh? You know, would, would it be, wouldn't it be great to have a product that's a mixture of both? That's, that's both, you know, good for your, your odor and also, uh, like you said, uh, contains the sweat so you're not, you know, a, a dripping waterfall all day long. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that's awesome. And Andrew, I think you had something to say there. I think it's so awesome. Um, I have this thing. It's pinky sweat problem. Like my pinkies sweat and I don't know why, but especially when that's I- really unique. I like that. It's weird. I'm at the gym and sweat is just coming down my pinky. Now my rest of my hands are going to follow. And I use my hands all day long at work. I put on latex gloves and my hands sweat inside the gloves. So would your lotion for the hands help with that? Even with me washing my hands, putting new gloves on and off all the time? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so what you actually want to do with the hand antiperspirant and really with any antiperspirant, even if you're not using Carpe, something that folks don't realize is that it works better if you apply it the night before you need it. And then you can absolutely apply it again in the morning. But the idea is that there's active ingredients in antiperspirant that actually, you know, get into your sweat glands and slow them down, reduce the sweating. And weirdly enough, as your hands or your armpits are already sweating, that sweat is washing away the active ingredients. So if you put it on during the day when you're sweaty, it's not going to work as well. If you put it on before bed, because we tend to sweat less at night, it's going to have a long time to really start working and slowing down the sweat glands. And then during the day, you're going to sweat less. And that's an effect that actually builds over four weeks of continued use, right? So it, it takes about four weeks to achieve maximum efficacy. And then as you continue to use it, it'll, it'll stay at that level. Um, but I'd say absolutely, you know, put it on before bed, keep putting it on every day. And you should see way less sweating in those latex gloves, which I know what that feeling is like. That's actually when we were developing Carpe that first year, the hand antiperspirant, what David and I would do is we put Carpe on one hand or, or the prototype at that point and put nothing on the other. And we put latex gloves on and we'd watch really intense videos on YouTube of people, you know, hanging off construction cranes, those kinds of videos or, uh, or skydiving, you know, base jumping. And we'd, we'd get nervous and sweaty and, you know, the hand without Carpe would be sweating. And then we'd be testing the prototype to see how much that hand sweats in comparison. And we knew we had a good product when we just had no sweat coming out of this hand, but this glove was soaked. So. Ah. So I think your pinky is going to be saved, Andrew. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? Uh, Carpe, uh, as, like, like I said, uh, Casper, I got like the, the whole package mailed to me uh, not too long ago. And I really in particular want to try the hand lotion right now since, you know, in the Zoom meeting, you can see me from the waist up, but that's probably the best thing to do. Um, and Go I was looking it, at yeah. 
there's like a there, there's a step by step process to using the hand lotion. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely, John. So what we recommend is, you know, if you have the opportunity to definitely wash and dry your hands right before right now, you know, you don't need to do that for the leave the room and do that. But I'd say that particularly if you already have either oily or damp or, or even a little bit sweaty hands, you want to really wash them off and then dry them off just so you have that clean surface to apply the product to. And then you okay. want to take about a pea sized amount and rub it in. And you can definitely do that right now. I think there's probably a seal there under the cap. So you might, you know, unscrew the cap. Unless you okay. already took this, this seal off. Yeah. And what you really want to... Yes, there we go. <laughs> the good stuff. And uh, you want to apply that before bed, again, in the morning, and then as, as needed throughout the day. So if excessive sweating is a problem for you every day, I'd say apply it before bed, apply it in the morning. If it's something that's a little bit more situational, I know a lot of people use it before certain sports, um, you know, especially racket sports when they're holding like a tennis racket or a golf club. But I certainly heard it for football, uh, basketball as well. Some people just put it on about 10, 15 minutes before the game. And that's about enough time for it to really get started working. But absolutely that daily use is what's going to lead to the best effect. So uh, some of the people who love it the most, I've heard they actually have a tube by their bed. They put it on before bed. They put it on in the morning and then they have another tube in their car or in their backpack so they can put it on during school or during work as, right. as needed, you know, to really keep that sweat at bay. Because nothing's ever going to completely stop the sweat. 100%, but Carpe reduces it a lot to a level that makes it just normal, right? That doesn't make it soaking wet, uh, but something like you'd expect when you're not nervous or when you're not suffering from excessive sweating. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, lead me through the hand lotion process if you can, Casper. Perfect, yeah, so it sounds like you've got the, it looks like you've got the tube there with the seal yeah. off. So you just wanna squeeze out a pea-sized amount onto your finger, and I can All maybe right. follow along myself if I have, I have a lot of, carp oh, here we go. Here's, a, here's one I can use. Uh, it's going to on it. There we go. And yes, that's a good amount. That's a good amount. And it and depends. It actually varies from person to person what the right amount is. Um, but as you start rubbing it in, I can explain that. So you just want to take it in and just rub it into your palms. You don't, you don't want to put it on the back of your hands because you don't sweat there. So just your yeah. palms, right? Just like that. Yeah. And uh, the amount varies a bit from person to person, depending on sort of the natural moisture level of your hands. Because if you put on too much, and your hands are damp, then it's going to get sticky. And it's gonna stay sticky for a little bit. And then it's going to dry off and the stickiness goes away. And at that point you should use less. And then if you use not enough, then it's just not going to work as well and you're not gonna feel it. And you should feel it pretty quickly. It's going to feel almost normal, but there's gonna be this dryness to your hands, this yeah. sort of gentle powderiness. And so uh, figuring out that right amount is something to just experiment with until you get the best results. But for most people, it is about uh, that size of a, of a pea that you showed us, John. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, because <clears throat> I figured it was right timing to use the Carpe hand lotion because uh, this this radio studio that I'm in right now, it's always like 80 degrees in here every day. Oh so, my, hence, yeah. so hence so hence, my palms are getting sweaty. So I was like, okay, let's see what I can do with this. And uh, yeah, no, I, as you said, as I was rubbing my hands, I, I felt this dryness. And I'm also attracted to the smell too. The smell kind of reminds me of, of Vicks. Is that is that okay to say? That's a that is absolutely okay to say. That's an interesting comment. It's it's the eucalyptus oil in there. So I think Vicks has a strong smell of. I think they are, they have two notes. It's like menthol and eucalyptus. Uh, but when people smell that eucalyptus, that's what it reminds them of a lot. And that's the scent that was at the core of most Carpe products early on. And it's still the the hand antiperspirant and the foot antiperspirant. That's what they smell like. 
because the eucalyptus oil is just a natural essential oil in there that's actually a bit of a drying ingredient. So that's why we put it in initially to give it that pleasant smell, but also to help with the function. And then recently with the underarm antiperspirant, we started moving into a broad library of scents because we were always just so focused on the functionality. I mean, I'm a bit of a nerdy guy. I'm just kind of an engineer when it comes to this stuff. And I'm like, I just want to make a formula that's very effective. Um, right. And David's the same way. And then we realized, wait, people, you know, people don't just want to not smell. They want to smell like something in particular. They want to smell like a forest or, you know, like yeah. cypress or trees or vanilla uh, or flowers. Right. And so we're launching all these scents right now uh, for the underarm antiperspirant. And they're coming out every uh, every few weeks. If you sign up for our email newsletter on our website, you'll you'll see all the new scent launches and uh, stick around till you you find the one that you want. Okay. Now, and, and can you tell us your website? Yes. The website is mycarpe.com. M-Y-C-A-R-P-E.com. And the products are also on Amazon, but I think the website's nicer, so. Yeah, Andrew, what's up? I was looking at your website and there's a lot of good information there. I didn't even know hyperhidrosis was a thing until going to your website. And I saw some of the other products that were there and I want to ask you about the powders that you have because I wanted to know how are they comparable or is it different than using something like talcum powder in those scenarios for people who need it? Yeah, great question. So um, again, I'm a bit of a nerd about this stuff, so I'm probably gonna get into too many details, but when people say talcum powder or talc powder, uh, that's become sort of an umbrella term for powders. Like actually when a lot of people say talc, they just mean any powders in general, uh, but talc itself, like the mineral, uh, was shown to be dangerous as a powder a few years ago. Right now, there's these all these Johnson & Johnson baby powder lawsuits. So we don't have any talc in the powders um, because when it's in powders, it can like aerosolize and get in your lungs and that's when it gets dangerous. Uh, so the powders are obviously talc-free, no dangerous ingredients in there. But what sets them apart from other powders on the market is that they're just very optimized for sweat absorption in particular. So where we tested this as we were developing the formula and as with every single product that we make, it took us a few years for every single formula, a ton of testing, both by David, myself, people on the Carpe team, but also a lot of our customers who just reached out to us and said, hey, I have a really sweaty groin. I know it's kind of embarrassing, but are you making a product for that? And we said, do you want to try this, this sample that we have that we're working on? And we would keep iterating on the formulas until we found something that everybody in the test panel was saying, this is better than any other powder that I used at stopping sweat. And that was sort of our standard always before we launched something is that we want to know that it's the best sweat stopping product on the market for that body part. Wow. Uh, you know, um, Casper, I, I, again, I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of not only um, astounded by the, the great effects of Carpe, but, you know, the, this this huge collection of, of Carpe stuff that I got here from the foot lotion to the underarm lotion to the face lotion to the exfoliating wash to the hand lotion. I mean, do you have a preference? I mean, there's there's got to be a favorite out of all of these for you. The underarm wipes, I, I got these two. Yeah, they're, you know, everything is out there because um, it, it's something that people really needed and people were really asking for. And so I'd say that, you know, you don't need every single one of them. They're really tailored for personal sweat, right? It's not like uh, you. everybody needs to go out and get the face lotion and the, and the breast lotion and the underarm antiperspirant and the hand antiperspirant. But if you have a sweaty face, then that's the product to get and maybe the underarm antiperspirant. And if you have sweaty hands, that's the product to get. I'd say most of us, um, most, a surprising number of people, I think settle for having 
a, a deodorant or an antiperspirant on their armpits that doesn't work as well as they want. So that's why I think the Carpe Underarm Antiperspirant is a product that a ton of people could benefit from. Maybe most people listening right now, if they just don't feel like whatever they're using right now is getting them dry enough, if they're annoyed by that, if they have to change their shirt in the evening before going out because it's gotten a little sweaty and stinky throughout the day, that's what we made these products for. But beyond that, if you have sweaty hands, the hand antiperspirant is the product for you. If you have sweaty face, the, that product is, is the product for you. And I will say the exfoliator is a bit unique because that's not an antiperspirant. That's actually just something you use in the shower. Uh, but we started reading research a few years ago or, or hearing more and more stories from dermatologists that exfoliation could actually increase the efficacy of antiperspirants. And we, uh, we started playing around with this ourselves and just using exfoliators. And we found that sure enough, it, uh, it feels like the, it smells better and, and the antiperspirant, uh, it, it feels like we're sweating less when we use an exfoliator in the shower. And so we sent this exfoliator prototype out to a ton of people and 90% of them said that it felt like their antiperspirant was working better after they used the exfoliator. So that's something that we have in there. Um, and actually, I think if you take the quiz on our website, if you go to mycarpe.com and just take that sweat quiz that kind of customizes the products to where you sweat, you'll be able to get a free exfoliator and try that. Uh, but just use that in the shower. And for a lot of people, it really helps uh, how their antiperspirant or deodorant feels and how they smell and, and how sweaty they feel throughout the day. Andrew? Now, I have a question because I know people who use all natural deodorants and those kinds of things. And like the first couple of days to a week, they didn't smell too great until it really started working for them. Is there gonna be a transition period if somebody switches from one deodorant to yours or will it kind of be more instantaneous? Great question. I think results really vary from person to person kind of based on your skin microbiome. Um, so with this being an antiperspirant and it actually reducing sweat, not just fighting odor like a deodorant does, you're going to see for most people a very rapid effect, but for almost everybody, that effect is gonna to continue to build over time and it's gonna get better and better. And, and the results do vary from person to person, how quickly you see uh, that reduction in sweat and how quickly you see the reduction in odor. And I think uh, I saw somewhere on the website, didn't it say like four to six weeks to get maximum results? Is that what it is? For maximum results, yeah. And honestly, there's people who will use it the first time in that very day. They're like, this is perfect. I, I'm not sweating anymore. Um, but why we say maximum results at four to six weeks is first, that's what the research shows in terms of antiperspirant use is that as you continue applying it every day, the results get better and better. And then they plateau on average for most people about four weeks. So even if the first day you don't have all the sweat control that you need, as you continue using it, as you stick with it and do it day by day, you're going to get to that level in most cases by about four weeks. Um, but, but really a lot of people do the first day they use Carpe say like, wow, this is keeping me dry because unlike other antiperspirants there, we don't just have the active ingredients that I was speaking to earlier that, you know, work on the sweat glands and reduce the sweating. But we're also, uh, we're also very focused on powders and astringents that keep that area dry throughout the day. So kind of the powders buffer out that sweating, give it a larger surface area to evaporate off. And so it's not just the active ingredient, but also the powders and the astringents and all these things combine to give Carpe that unparalleled efficacy. And, and that's why, you know, we just have this obsession with making the products that will keep you the driest. And, and that's all these ingredients working together to do that. Right. Now, um, it, would it be dangerous to my body if I continued using my current deodorant while also adding on 
the uh, carpe antiprespirant thing to the mix, or should I use only one or the other? No, there shouldn't be anything dangerous about that. And in fact, when people are using the unscented carpe underarm antiperspirant, it has that quick smell that you mentioned, that eucalyptus smell that some people compare to Vicks, but that will flash off very quickly because that eucalyptus oil, um, that scent goes away after a few minutes. And so you can put it on and throughout the day, you'll just smell like nothing. But if you like the scent of your deodorant, what we actually say is you can put on carpe and then you can put on your deodorant after that. Um, I'd say wait a few minutes, but if you're in a rush in the morning, there shouldn't be any problem. Just put the carpe on and immediately spray on your deodorant. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is fabulous. Casper, uh, uh, co-founder of Carpe. I, I mean, thank you. I mean, mycarpe.com, of course, M-Y-C-A-R-P-E.com to uh, f find all the wonderful products that Carpe has. And really, it covers every part of the body. The, like you said, the face, the breasts, the groins, the, the legs, the, the, the arms, every, everything uh, is covered by Carpe. Now, I believe there is a, a special discount code for our Anything Show listeners. Is that correct? That is, and I should know that. I am so sorry that I forgot. Do, do you know, John, what, what that code is, perhaps? <laughs> I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's anything. A-N-Y-T-H-I-N-G. Yeah, anything. Perfect. Literally anything, if you can spell anything. And I believe uh, listeners get 15% off their order uh, if, they, uh, if, they, if they use that code on, car, uh, on mycarpay.com. Yes, that's exactly right. And if we don't, and, and if it's not the case, then I will make sure tonight that we send them back out. So anything <laughs> for 15% off. And that'll stack with uh, that free exfoliator that I mentioned in the quiz. That's what I recommend everybody to do. If you want to just check out Carpe, learn more about the products, see, you know, which ones would help you. Uh, go to mycarpe.com. Actually, I'll do it right now to make sure that it's still there on the front page. But yeah, right there on the front page, it says take quiz. That's the sweat quiz, sweat assessment. That kind of shows you, okay, based on where you're sweating, what you've used before, what kind of sensitivities you have, what are the best products for you? And you'll get the free exfoliator for, uh, for taking that quiz. And then at the end, you can apply that code of anything to get 15% off. And uh, would love to hear from everybody who hears this, who tries the products, because we, uh, we love chatting with customers, hearing their feedback, hearing how Carpe is working for them, and just continuing on this mission to help everybody get dry and stay dry. I mean, really, that's why we started Carpe, and that's what's kept us going for so long and kept us making more products and growing Carpe is because we just feel like, for some weird reason, there hasn't been that much of a focus on stopping the sweat and just getting dry, right? It's been really all about scent and, and just sweat can get nasty and can get really annoying and debilitating for a lot of people. And that's why we made Carpe to, to keep you dry. So if uh, you're, if that describes you, if that's something you want to try, then check it out at mycarpe.com. Well, Andrew, I mean, you say that you uh, sweat like uh, a mofo. So I, I, I hold uh, to the camera to you all these Carpe products, the hand lotion, the uh, what, the foot lotion, the what we got here, the uh, the underarm lotion, the exfoliating wash. I mean, the underarm wipes. I mean, you got everything here, the face lotion. So, uh, Andrew, what are you getting today? Um, so I definitely know I'm going to need some underarm uh, care. So I'm going to get the wipes and I definitely want to do the deodorant. I'm definitely going to do the face lotion. It will make being in drag so much easier because you sweat. Drag is a very hard. <laughs> I hear that. I definitely powder. It's with drag, you need groin powder. It's just what's part of the deal. So those are the things I think I'll need the most. Well, I'm excited yeah. to hear what you think of them, Andrew. I'm, I'm so excited that you'll be trying them. I awesome. will. No. 
Yeah, great. And you know what? Uh, I, I was a, an inflatable ballerina for Halloween this year, Casper. I could have used any of these products because I, I mean, my, my, my sweat glands were just off the chains during that point. Because literally I had uh, this, uh, uh, this ballerina costume that would inflate with like an inner fan. And I was like going to the, to, to the bar and, and having a party. That sounds out. amazing. Wait, yeah, so how I would it inflate? Would it get like taller or wider or, or what was that I, like? It would get, get wider. Okay. That's really yeah. cool. I've never seen that. <laughs> so it would get wider and I would have clothes inside the costume. So uh, <laughs> needless to say, it was a very sweaty mess by the time I was done with it. <laughs> yeah. That's, and how was it cold out that night or was it a hot uh, night? You know what? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm in Vermont. Well, Cause that's the problem. Cause it's like, that's, you know, when the weather gets cold and then you have all the layers and then you start getting sweaty inside the layers cause you're going inside. So honestly, that's like, sometimes uh, I, I don't know. I think this might've been before we were recording, we were talking about the foot antiperspirant and how really in the winter is when that's most popular because we, our feet get sweaty in these heavy winter boots, but just because it's cold out doesn't mean we're sweating less. We're just kind of sweating different. So, yeah. um, and really it gets more annoying because then the sweat kind of gets trapped there and then it gets cold and painful. And, and on, honestly, managing sweat in the winter sometimes is, is even a bigger priority than in the summer. Ironically, ironically. So um, next time I have a, a very uh, big sort of fat suit of a costume, I will think of you and Carpe and and make sure that I'm all supplied and ready to go before I uh, before I, I get I, before I give myself a sweat stroke, so to speak. So there we go. I love that, John. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, Casper Kupitsa uh, from uh, Carpe, the co-founder of Carpe. Uh, please check out mycarpe.com for all your uh, antiperspirant needs. 15% off your Carpe order if you uh, put in the code anything. And Casper, uh, thank you so much for uh, helping us not look like a, a stinky, sweaty mess. Andrew, John, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Hey, everybody, I'm here with uh, comedian Chelsea Handler uh, on, in the midst of her vaccinated and horny comedy tour. Uh, Chelsea, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, before we get started, my co-host on the podcast, Andrew, wanted me to tell you that you are his uh, gay idol. He, he's such a big fan of you as well. Oh, I love. Oh, well, thank you. I love being a gay idol. <laughs> yeah all right well let's let's dig into it i mean i've been a fan ever since uh you appeared on i think you used to appear on like one of those like vh1 retrospective specials like you used to be like one of those comedians that would like make comments in between like those i love the 90s kind of type of things um so yeah, i remember that sounds seeing, about right yeah yeah so i remember you from way back when and then of course I, i've loved your appearances on late night talk shows and then you've had your own show as well um can, can you just uh, kind of backtrack and tell me the story of how you got into stand-up comedy because I, I loved how you told that story on the on the smartless podcast interview that i that i heard with you recently uh well i mean i just basically i don't remember what i which part of the story that the dui school that i went to that i got yeah. a dui and had <laughs> oh yeah yeah well i got a dui when i was like 21 i think it was the week after i turned 21 but i was still using my sister's fake id um because i had forgotten that i had turned 21 that's the kind of state of affairs that things were in at that age in my life um and i uh so i got pulled over and so when i got arrested it was like i i got not only a dui but i was arrested for impersonating uh, uh, someone which was my sister because i had used her id so it was a double dip, a double whoopsie doodle basically and they kept me in civil brand 
uh, county jail in Los Angeles for like 72 hours, which was, of course, ridiculous because by the time I left there, I was trading um, sandwiches for tampons. But after I got out of that, they told me, you know, I had to go to DUI school, which is where they send you when you get a DUI. So basically in this school, you go like Wednesday nights for like eight weeks. And in that time, they basically teach you how to never get a DUI again or how to get out of one in case you are pulled over again to never, ever admit, you know, that you've been drinking. And I just thought, oh, this is such a strange operation. They're basically training you on how to, like, evade the police the next time. But within that (laughs) class, you got up every week and somebody told their story about uh, you know, their experience. And I was really scared to have to speak publicly in front of anybody. And, uh, and by the time I did though, it was, I was up there and the crowd and the class was just laughing and laughing because my story was so ridiculous. I called the officer racist. Meanwhile, we were both white and I, uh, I just wouldn't get off stage. And then finally the instructor from the class was like listen this isn't a stand-up comedy show this is you telling your story and I was like oh and I got off stage and everyone's like oh my god you should be a stand-up comedian you should be a stand-up comedian and that's basically where I went from there I went and started doing stand-up so without that DUI class one thing leads to like everyone says everything happens for a reason yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, from your stand-up comedy career, you eventually at one point become the uh, only, you know, female late night talk show on, on the air uh, with, with your E! Uh, show, Chelsea Lately. Can you tell me what that felt like? Because, you know, funny enough, I actually wrote a play, a short play back in high school around the time that you had that show about like, you know, oh, the first female late night talk show host. So I, I guess from your perspective, what was that like? Uh, It was great. It was basically, it was really fun. And we just were silly. And it was like being in a fraternity, basically. Like I was the president of a fraternity of, you know, of idiots where we just got to make fun of everyone and be silly. And I, I, you know, send out emails from each other's computers all day long. It was probably like the most immature setting that I've ever participated in outside of being an actual elementary school. So it was very, very fun. We had a lot of wrestling going on. We had a lot of practical jokes in the office and it was just like a delight. It looks like you had like an interesting reinvention of yourself on Netflix with the with the documentary series and um, and and with uh, I, I think another version of, of a late night talk show there. Can you tell about can you tell us about your experience with Netflix? Yeah, I did. I went over there. I did a stand up special for them. And I went over to Netflix before anybody really went over to Netflix, before there was a kind of exodus of comedians that signed deals there. So I did one of their first stand up specials. And then I I had a three year deal. One was for I did a documentary series uh, called Chelsea Does, which was like Chelsea Does Ayahuasca or well, no, Chelsea Does Drugs, Does Marriage, Does Silicon Valley. And then there was one other, uh, oh, racism. <clears throat> so I did four specials and then I did two years of a talk show. And then I did another documentary there called Hello Privilege, It's Me, Chelsea. So it was kind of like a mix, you know, of, of the documentaries and uh, uh, talk show. So it was uh, about three years that I was there. And yeah, it was good. It was a learning experience. You know, we discovered like, you know, uh, streaming networks aren't really necessarily the right platform for a nightly show because of the cadence of the schedule. You know, you want a nightly show to be on every night. 
So, but I had such a great time kind of getting out of my comfort zone, especially with the documentaries. And I got to interview people on the show that, you know, I wasn't used to interviewing lots of politicians, lots of like, you know, social science people. It was just something that was helpful for me to kind of get, you know, a little bit more interested in my guests after interviewing the same group of celebrities for eight years that became a little bit boring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine. And what I like is that like, you're not following like this one consistent path, like, Oh, I'm only a stand-up comedian. I'm only a, a late night talk show host. I mean, you have so many different, uh, sh- you know, shades to your personality, which I love so much. Um, and, and of course, I mean, you're, you're known as a number one New York times bestselling author. And I wonder like, what was that spark in you that said, okay, like I got books in me, I got to write books. Uh, I think I just, I, the first David Sedaris, I, I had read David's Barrel Fever and Naked and all of his books. And I just, it dawned on me that you could write books that were all essays, you know, that n- didn't necessarily have some major through line other than them being related to you. And I, my first book was a horizontal, my horizontal life, a collection of one night stands. So when I called my sister, I got my first book deal when I was like 27, 28 years old. These are just a bunch of stories that, you know, about my one night stands in my 20s that I would tell at dinner parties and, you know, whoever would listen. And then uh, I remember writing my friends said, you should write this stuff down. This, this is a book. And so I did, especially after I read David's books. I was like, oh, wait, you can just do a whole bunch of disparate stories. And uh, and I remember getting the deal like I, all these publishers said, no, no, it was too risque for a woman to be talking about those things. And then this really like uh, prestigious publishing house in in uh, London was my publisher, Bloomsbury. They have a they have um, a branch in America, in New York. But that was was so ironic. Like after everyone saying, oh, this is too risque for American, this British house to publish me. And and uh, I remember calling my sister and be like, I got a book deal. And she's like, you got it. Because I didn't go to even go to college. She's like, you got a book deal? A book about <laughs> what? I was like, don't worry about it. Oh my God. Well, that's, that's awesome. And you know what, uh, you know, finally, before I, we, we let you go, Chelsea, I, I, again, you know, referring back to your time with Jason, Sean and Will on the Smartless podcast, I, I loved how you, you told us about your experience during the height of COVID and how like, you're so grateful to be back on tour. Can you tell us about what you had to kind of go through the last year and a half along with the rest of us and, and also how the tour has been going? Uh, well, I didn't have to go through too much. I mean, I just kind of hunkered down in my house in Bel Air, but I was invaded. My sister invaded my house in Bel Air with her three or Bel Air with her three children. So that was something that I was had been working my whole life to not to not have happen, having children living in my house. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of like a whoopsie doodle. And um, they lasted for about two months until I asked them very politely to leave. And uh, I then took advantage of the fact that I was home alone and that there was a dip in the co- in, in COVID. So I got my own COVID health test so that I could test people, it, potential penetrators in my backyard and basically give them a nasal swab. And then within the next 30 minutes, if they said anything annoying or I saw a pinky ring, I would just come back and tell them they were positive and they could leave. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what? Here, here we come to the present day, and uh, you have your vaccinated and horny comedy tour. Definitely check check out Chelsea in person. I mean, she's quite a delight to see. Um, and also, you have your podcast, your Chelsea. I mean, you're 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 busy. I mean, you're, you you go nonstop, and that's and that's kind of what I love about you, uh, Chelsea Handler. Thank you so much for being on the show. 
Thank you. Take care. Listen to The Anything Show with John Francois on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and on Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. Now, go lick some sweet and sour sauce.